0: Welcome to the Mega Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Jason McDonald. My goal is to get to the truth through conversation. The Mega Blast Podcast is produced by Arts and Opinion, an online journal housed at the Archives of Canada. Visit us at artsandopinion.com. I hope you enjoy today's guest. Welcome, Liz Hodgson. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you, Jason?
0: Fine. Um, uh, so I'm here with Liz Hodgson. This is the second time that you've been on the Mega Blast podcast. The last time you were on was one of the most successful ones I've done. I don't know if you know this. Really? Uh, yeah, I know. Wow. I, yeah, I can see your face and it's just like, wow. How, how, did the, how does the, What is that? <laughs> What's going on there? But you saw it like when we put it up originally, it did pretty well on Arts and Opinion. And then I, I, I got onto Podbean and I republished it. And I remember I sent it to you, and you shared it again. And it seemed to do pretty well among your people.
1: Didn't um, your but, boss say it was the photo? It was the image that you yeah. used when
0: I looked <laughs> like a depressed alcoholic. Yeah, but it, it you know, it's actually, I, I don't want to be too forward, but it's kind of a sexy photo, I think. I don't know. It's a nice, you, you look really good in that picture. It's got a kind of a pouty sort of a look to it, you know. So I don't know if that. Just so, the
1: ju- just to make sure that I'm not doing anything larcenous or I'm uh, going to be honest about my larceny, that picture is about 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah. We all have to be as honest and dishonest as we have to be, right? It you know, suits us. Yeah, and and then I republished it again because what I've been doing is I've been going pulling certain ones and transforming them into YouTube videos, so that I've got a few up on YouTube and there. And on YouTube, it's got the highest number of any. Of anyone I've done, and it's really interesting because I've done podcasts with people who are pretty well known. Albert Nirenberg, yeah, who is like you know, he had like 11 million um people watching his hypnosis video on YouTube, it was a TED talk he did, yeah, I know. So when I did the thing, and you know, we had a good talk and it was fun, I, I, yeah, you know, I I did you. Oh, you listened to it, yeah, oh, great, okay. And so when, when I popped that one, I was like, wow, this is gonna be huge, and it got not that many like compared to you and some of the other ones I've done and so I don't anyway I I just I just wanted to say thank you and to whoever is listening to us who seems to like you and maybe me talking together thank all of you so I thought I'd get that out of the way good so today's the objective of today's podcast originally was to bring on a friend of mine who had some uh, some, uh, I wouldn't call them criticisms. They're sort of observations about the discussion we had to do with, the other discussion was about um, uh, me too and feminism and all this stuff. And uh, my friend who's also been on the podcast um, decided he was unable to do it for reasons, just for complicated reasons. Uh, so I, I've made a list, but In light of what's been happening, I thought we'd start with Elon Musk, just because you mentioned you wanted to talk about Elon Musk. So I've sort of flipped it around. Originally, I was going to. So I thought we'd start with. um, So just to be clear of where we are, it's very topical, right? Musk yesterday put up this poll. I'm sure you saw. Should I resign? Yes or no. And he as this is what I understand has happened. Fifty seven percent of people polled said he should resign and he's going to abide by that. I believe, is it true that Lex Friedman has been nominated as his successor? You know, Lex Friedman, the MIT researcher who has a podcast. I've just, I've heard some rumors about this circulating around and- Well, I saw
1: his offer. He offered to do it with no salary. And Elon's reply was, you have to put your life savings into it.
0: (laughs) Skin in the game, I think, was the term Elon Musk used, right?
1: Yeah, and the answer was yes, but I haven't heard anything confirmed. But it sure makes for hilarious (laughs) memeing because it's like, it's going to be Kanye West. It's going to be Donald Trump. And then the funniest meme was that they put golden tickets in five Teslas. And so you had to, it was obviously a a reference to uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory So you get the golden ticket, and then you get to go visit the Tesla factory, and then you go through a series of moral challenges. So he figures out which one is left with the highest moral cachet and will become the leader of Twitter. Oh, Um, my God. Wow. And then somebody posted a picture of the original Willy Wonka, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, and they had a picture. Gene Wilder?
0: um, Is it Gene Wilder (laughs) and all the
1: little urchins that were all vying to win and they said <clears throat> photograph of Elon Musk choosing his successor <laughs> Twitter is
2: this so is, yeah.
1: funny
0: it's really funny and so it's kind of there's a comedic aspect to this whole Twitter I don't know how to describe this basically it's since Elon Musk even decided he wanted to buy Twitter up until when he actually did it there's been this sort of I don't know how to describe it it's sort of a um it, there's just, a lot of people are, are, are some people are very happy. Like I, uh, you know, just just I'll just explain what I thought. Originally, when I heard about it months ago, I thought it's probably not so good to have one individual having so so much power, direct power, because t- uh, you know Twitter had a, a board of CEO, like a, a group of people, it didn't have one, but then I thought about it and I thought it's such a mess on Twitter, it's just such a disaster that maybe one person with the right kind of thinking sometimes you need someone to really kind of you know uh, manage things uh when there's a crisis let's say you need someone who's gonna just say okay we're doing this and we're doing that we're not going to waste time with that you know there's a kind of a precedent for that if you think about something like you know just historical there's lots of precedents but I don't know. I mean, people are there's there are people who I know who I really respect who are very reticent of his tenure at Twitter so far. And I'm trying to understand what has been happening. Like I've been following these Twitter files that Matt Taibbi, he's presented these things where uh the 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 twitter the the ceos and the high people were meeting with the fbi and the nsa big government things and they were doing spying for them they were passing in for not spying is the wrong word but passing information to them which sounds very sinister to me i've heard contradictory reports about some of the other stuff i I don't know do you have any comments about what's any of that stuff the the sort of dirt behind that's coming out now. How, how, how much of it is spin? I had a friend today tell me you're being spun by this stuff. Like he doesn't really, so I, I, I'm just, I don't know how to think about it. I wonder if you have any any, any thoughts about it.
1: What's an interesting take. I mean, <clears throat> just to quickly go back for one second about, can, is Elon up for this task? Would it be better if they had some kind of quorum? So it's Twitter 1.0 twitter 2.0 well twitter 1.0 was it was a mess people were paying cash for their blue checks um there were so many bots um there were people that had like 64 million followers and they'd post something and it would get like eight likes so (laughs) what's going on there (laughs) what is going on and so um after you know some wrangling, um, whether Elon was forced to buy it or it's hard to say exactly what went on there, but you know he takes. I'm sorry to of it. interrupt.
0: Can can you just clarify what you mean? Elon being forced to buy it, like what? Well, remember that there about?
1: was first of all he made the offer, and all of the board, which was very worried about the health of the co- the, the company, they all got dollar signs in their eyes. And they thought this is a very generous offer and we would be crazy to not accept it. And then I don't know if Elon got cold feet, realized he was stepping into a snake pit, but at any rate... Um, He made this grand statement about he was going to withdraw his offer because they were dishonest about the number of bots. Yeah, I wanted to say
0: something quickly about that. He just quickly to clarify the bots, he said that he just wanted them to reveal how they knew there were only 5% of the accounts were fake accounts. And he, he said they could do it, I, I believe he said they could do it in camera, just show him. They didn't have to show it to the whole world and all this stuff, just so he could know before he buy it. You're going to spend $44 billion on something. <laughs> you wanted to look under the hood and check it out, right? And yeah. apparently they refused, which was very suspect. You know, it was very weird. And then for a long time, it looked like the deal was canceled and it was very strange. And then all of a sudden it seemed to be reanimated. It's Anyway, so yeah. I continue your story. I just wanted to clarify the thing about the bots for the buying of it a little bit. But,
1: well, I mean, it's hard to know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. But in terms of is Elon capable of running Twitter? Uh, duh. It's a website. Come on. It's not rocket science. <laughs> well, which he
0: literally, is. yeah. Yeah. He literally is a rocket scientist, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the the, the tearing of the garments about this is just, it's utterly ludicrous. Of course he can run Twitter. Of course he can. What he doesn't know, he has other people to run. It sounds like their algorithm was a mess. Yeah, They did have a serious bot problem. And then at the same time, they had this insufferably woke, mostly useless workforce, like did you catch that, uh, uh, that TikTok video, A Day in the Life of a Twitter Worker?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
1: along comes this millennial Gen Zetter with a vocal fry. And she says, this is my dad, Twitter, And there's going to be some meetings and hair. And then, oh, this is where we do yoga. And then I'm going to have a Zen match of tea. And he was like, wow. how do I get that job she <laughs> probably had a great salary and she just did it. she obviously did nothing it was it was mocked right. universally mocked so well is it is it
0: was- the doing nothing that is the problem or is it the suppression of accounts
2: Both. Both. 19
0: to 1 in favor of let's say a left more left than right, let's say right, you know. So you have the suppression of uh, you know Milo Yiannopoulos, who's basically a right wing troll, and of course Trump, and so on. And then you've got Hezbollah and Antifa. I- I've heard reports that Antifa literally was planning riots on Twitter. I've-, I've heard that they were like planning to meet and actually do damage to things, and they were coordinating on Twitter. And there was no suppression of that, right? Uh, no, you know, so. So I'm not so sure that the problem, it just my personal view would be if they're sitting around doing nothing, that might be better. If they, just, <laughs> yeah. right? if they just were doing yoga, they just weren't moderating anything. It might be less, it's 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 the really ze- ze- zealous ones that seem to be causing the trouble, but I, I don't know.
1: That's how a lot of people feel about government. They go, oh, it's going to be a lame duck session and they get, this government won't be able to get anything done and everyone breathes a sigh of relief.
0: Yeah, it's like, like, thank God, you don't want them.
1: More taxes, more bike helmet yeah. regulations. Yeah, right, more.
0: exactly. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, that's an interesting take. I mean, it sounds like a funny video, you know, but it, it also makes me think the problem seems to be the ideology behind the, uh, it seemed to be. Uh, well,
1: this is high tech. It goes with the territory. I mean, these, the, the, it is filled with insufferably woke, very unhappy cat people who, you know, it's like, you got to come back to the office. And they're like, no. They, <laughs> yeah. Although, having said that, this is an aside. If you don't live near Twitter headquarters and you live further out in some leafy, beautiful exurb getting there is probably a bit of a problem. It's probably really expensive. That's a city that doesn't have a lot of um, good um, municipal policies to make it a living city that just to get back to the leadership for a second. um, It's like, it's like the leadership of anything. It's like, basically you need your Lee Kuan Yew. Right. The Singaporean, the guy who who saved Singapore from you know total third world. He was a benevolent dictator, although some would say not so benevolent because you get caning for spitting your gum out in an elevator, right? But it needs a benevolent dictator with a sharp mind and I don't and know
0: a vision. Maybe. A
1: vision, obviously, yeah, yeah. and the vision is the vision. When you're dealing with anything corporate, is not again not rocket science. It needs to make money right. and run efficiently, right. and that's not that's pretty simple. And that's is it that know,
0: simple? I mean, is it like I don't know? Like I've heard that Twitter's losing money, and and I don't know.
1: Well, you know. Uh, its usership is up. Um, I don't think we know yet. How much money it's making, or if it's if it's all time records of usership is going to translate into the money that it needs. I think that's yeah. TBD. Yeah. But is there somebody who might be ten percent more capable than Elon? Is there somebody who will be ten percent less capable? It's not like he's going to walk away from it, right? He's just not going to have that uh, title. So, th- and I think it's kind of charming the way he's letting all of this play out in polling. That's very funny. I don't think it probably, behind closed doors probably doesn't mean a lot. It's probably like, maybe I should step down because there's so much attention on him. He has become such like, he's like a- He's
0: he's a lightning rod.
1: He's a he's lightning, a lightning but he's run. a red dwarf. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. become so huge that 10, 11 million people had voted in an hour or something.
0: Is that what it was? Wow. Yeah. The,
1: the numbers were huge. So, uh,
0: I, I was a like little bit surprised, a- honestly, that it went against him. I, like, I kind of thought, I know there's a lot of haters out there, but I thought the haters were louder than. Although I heard from my cousin, who's very pro, not the cousin who you are familiar with, his brother um, is very pro Tesla and pro Elon Musk. And he voted for him to step down. And he told me he thought it's not the, uh, the right thing for him to be doing this kind of thing. So some people may have voted for him to step down just because they think. Elon Musk's talents might be better served building rockets and going to Mars, maybe, right? Because he only has to so much time. they want their time.
1: Tesla stock to go up. Right, again. yeah,
0: yeah, that's another possibility, right? The, the the stock of Tesla dropping, is that maybe part of his calculation? I don't know. It's not
1: all haters for sure. It's a yeah. lot of haters though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the left has lost its mind. Its hair went on fire. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. And, and also there's this hilarious thing of, people who, you know, the Sam Harris types who, you know, who, who, you know, Sam Harris literally went on record saying it's, I, I wouldn't care about Hunter Biden's laptop, you know, like, I, I wouldn't care. It's like, well, because to stop Trump, right, we have to stop Trump. So in other words, the ends justify the means we can suppress media stories, we should suppress media stories if there's you know, Hitler about to become elected, kind of thing. All the people who were saying that now are screaming free speech when their when their accounts are deactivated. Now, now, why their accounts are being deactivated is not clear to me because I'm not following it that closely. So, there could be a um, a logical, you know, a kind of a, a reasonable thing to say that that maybe those accounts shouldn't be deactivated. I mean, I don't know. I heard some talk of of um, just. The, the, uh, the, the some doxing that happened. Elon Musk's children were on a plane somewhere and somehow the information of that plane was released through by some journalists, which meant that people knew where his children were, which is clearly a security risk, you know, given he's such a polarizing figure um, that is not clear if that was deliberate or if that was a mistake because journalists sometimes screw up I don't know if you have any information on that event that was just the other day so I don't know
1: (laughs) well I think a couple of times Elon has done things irrationally uh he's obviously just getting his bambi legs because you know one of the first things was (laughs) he published an article about Paul Pelosi he didn't publish it he posted it and it was like I mean this Paul Pelosi stuff the things that were being suggested about him were very sordid. But the suggestion was that his intruder was his gay oh, prostitute, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, and and uh, Elon posted something quite salacious. And I think, you know, I mean, it, you can tell a lot about the guy. He <clears throat> he obviously just did it sort of spur of the moment. Maybe it made him giggle or something. And then he quickly dialed back and someone said no that's not cool that has deleted he
0: deleted it right yeah
1: he deleted he it, the it one and he he deleted, apologized. Right.
0: right okay
1: uh, but i mean and then with these other things like you know when someone's coming at your kid people yeah. don't yeah. really stop to rationalize things he's just like yeah. okay i'm going scorched earth you come at me yeah you're going to pay the price and i mean he has had a lot of threats, and then he's had. I've seen perfectly sane, non paranoid people saying, Hey, you know, you really should watch your back. Yeah, so and that's not a fun position to be in. So he's got kids, his kids, kids
0: should have- be off limits.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, kids are innocent, like that. They're, you know, your children and Elon Musk's children didn't choose to be born of you know, to be your kids, or you know, they, they ended up that way. So involving children in any in any sort of a, uh, uh, not a threat, but let's say a conflict, if you're in a conflict with someone and you bring their children into it, there's something deeply immoral about that that should be just denounced wholeheartedly somehow. Now, I, again, just to be clear, we don't know if that doxing was was an accident or if it was kind of like, oh, you know, here's where they are, you know. it it
1: was just really of that that's another hilarious meme it was the fuck around find out am i allowed to swear
0: yeah go ahead (laughs) no one's listening anyway so
1: (laughs) you can cut it out uh it was the fuck around and find out graph so the a the x-axis is fuck around and the y-axis is find out and they have like a scientist looking guy explaining it it's like don't even think about doxing okay Don't even think about it. There's a new sheriff in town and we're not going to put up with it. And that's why I think uh, this Taylor Lorenz nut job. I mean, I don't think that she reached out to Elon for a comment. And then the next thing you know, she was turfed. And then, I mean, I can't quite figure out what's going on there because she's kind of still on there. So maybe it's her dog's account. But
0: right.
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody's got a burner account in the background, just so they can keep watching the show. You know right, what I mean? But
0: right. yeah, um, so just to be clear, I, Taylor Lorenz is the journalist who released the information of where his children were. No, no, no,
1: she's just she's just another in a line of journalists who've been turfed. Okay, and it was unclear okay. that the reasons were a bit murky. Whether they it was seven days or whether it was permanent was murky. But the last I looked, Taylor Lorenz was permanently deleted.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: And uh, she's somebody who's got quite a few followers, although she gets so much shade that she went from uh, protecting her tweets, meaning you couldn't comment. I'm pretty sure she went, whoever handles her Twitter, because it's pretty big, I'm pretty sure that they just auto-deleted a number wow. like I, I don't I've never commented on a Taylor Lorenz post. Um she doesn't follow me obviously. Um but one day I just went someone mentioned something about it Taylor being at it again and I went to look and I was blocked. I, wow. I have no I don't do much on Twitter, I don't comment. It's just my it's my news aggregate. So I was blocked. So clearly I was blocked because I follow other followers. So right,
0: she, right, so that implies a mass blocking of some kind, right? Of
1: some kind, yeah. yeah so right. that she can exist in her perfect little uh, echo chamber. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's
1: a real lunatic. I mean, she's—I can't believe she's actually real. It feels like she was dreamt up by some critical theory profs <laughs> around a cauldron. Like she's so absurd. They that's that's kind of like that.
0: There's that British journalist who, uh, and, and comedian um, who created uh, T- Tatiana Mc- McGrath. Do you remember this? Yeah. this is, that, that's what that reminds me of, this sort of avatar yeah. for all the most insane sort of you know, yeah. ideas that sort of boil together. You know? And there's a lot of people who actually seem like they're not real who are real. Right. Which is kind of weird. Right. I mean, I've had friends of mine who, you know, we're kind of discussing, you know, people commenting on Facebook and Twitter. And my my friend will say, oh, that guy, I think his account's fake or whatever. And I realized, like, that's a real person. Like, I know people who've met that person. So, you know, there are people who have views that like when they express them, it almost seems cartoon like there's something like, it's almost like they're just regurgitating, but maybe that's just me. Maybe they see the same thing. They read what I'm writing too. Right. So I don't know, you know, it's hard. No, no.
1: We live in a time where you can't differentiate between real and parody. And when you're dealing with uh, progressives, it's it becomes harder and harder to tell all the time. I mean, their views are ludicrous. They're crazy
0: yeah yeah it's interesting I, i'm always trying this uh, always i'm always trying to sort of understand you know like when i see a person who has a very different you know view i'll, I'll name a couple of names you know people i spar with julian feldman you may have bumped into him uh, you know i think you did on on because he's constantly he he came after he, he's tried to cancel what oh, times. that yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. So so he, he he tried to cancel me. He The funniest thing is he goes, he trolls me to the point where he's listening to my podcast, trying to hear me say racist stuff. Like, you know, it's like, it's so funny. It's like, he's so dedicated to finding, you know, to put, you know, to canceling me or trying to, you know and and so whenever i i'm I'm sort of in an interaction with him for just i'm just using him as, as an example i'm trying to imagine why does he believe what he believes does he you know there he there must be some i know he's a real person i know people who know him i know that he's trying to do good in the world and he's like i think he is i really you know he's a he's the he's a school board commissioner for the english montreal school board and he's you know, going against Bill 21 and doing all these court cases and stuff. And I know he's motivated by kind of, I think he's motivated by something where he wants to make the world a better place. I really, you know, so if he, if he has these views, what are they, what do they mean? And how am I supposed to interact with them? I don't know. Or well, maybe- Julian,
1: if you're listening right now, <laughs> go outside and touch the grass, feel it under your feet. Uh, Cause there's nothing for you here. Right, and I <laughs> yeah. I hear you too. And sometimes that's kind of like an old marriage counselor trick where a couple's fighting over something and the counselor say, well, you make the case for his case.
0: Steel man. Right. It's a kind yes, of a yes, steel yes. manning. Right.
1: Yeah. So, and, and I've done that and, and, you know, th- there's been times where I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I, I understand. I see that. I mean, um, or, uh, well, I don't want to. I kind of fall down these rabbit holes, but um, I think there, at some point, yeah, that there's that old saying. He was so open minded, his brain fell out. <laughs> right.
0: I've never heard that. That's good though. So you know, open minded. Yeah. You.
1: You want to be open minded, but when something is so on his face, ridiculous, so like yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I get it, and one of the nicest things that I've seen in these like toxically divided times that we're living through was the Supreme Court justice who said about Clarence Thomas, she defended him. I mean, there's opposite as you can get. And she said, this is Sotomayor, uh, Justice Sotomayor. And she said, he's a good man. She goes, we may see see things differently. You know, we want to see everybody pull up their bootstraps, but I just see it as some people need help.
2: Yeah, and he sees
1: it as do it yourself, and and other than that, your views wind up when you meet face to face. Your views wind up coming very close, and only like a smidgen that divides you. You know, that might even just depend on where you're standing. Like, you know, when they show those accidents and they ask five different people, "What did you see happen?" It's like (laughs) the pedestrian ran out, and the light hadn't changed. The other person says, no, no, the light had changed. The pedestrian was fine. It it might just be a simple matter of perspective. Yeah. But I also think there's more to it than that. There's people who feel things, and there's people who think things. Mm. And there's also a male perspective. Just look at the data on this. Look at the data when it comes to capital punishment. Who who favors it in larger numbers?
0: Is it men? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: There's a DNA component there. So what do you think
0: that, let's talk a little bit about this. So what do you think is motivating that, that women are more, women are programmed to use the Jordan Peterson thinking that women are biologically programmed to show compassion. And the reason for that is because when you have an infant who you, you you just have to have compassion for that infant, that infant cries, you have to figure out that infant is right. Right, whatever, like you can't, you can't get into a back and forth with stop crying because it's not logical. When the, you know, the six month old baby, so women are programmed to be that way because they're nurturing, they're, you know, biologically nurturing small infants, and men are biologically programmed to do other things. On average, this is all averaged out. So this would translate to the death penalty, meaning that men, women would be programmed to see compassion for those people who are going to be uh, executed by the state is that well, what you, is that how yeah is, i mean right it,
1: they'll feel that compassion whether they want to or not i mean some will others won't that's but, right
0: um, as i said these are averages i mean there yes, are men yes. who are very very feminine and there are women who are very very masculine and, you know
1: yeah uh, yeah yeah just, just Was there, make that very
0: clear we're not saying i'm not saying at all that all men are you know whatever these football playing, hooligan type people, whatever.
1: <laughs> well, someone <laughs> said men ca- men are interested in things and women are interested yeah. in people.
0: On average, yeah, that's generally true, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and then you notice this with political involvement. Women tend to vote in equal numbers to men, but in terms of positions that are held and lo- lobbying positions and that kind of thing, their involvement is much lower, but... Um, how did we get onto that again?
0: Just this, thi- I this thi- yeah. I mean, well, that's a good question the, the, to, to go we'll go back to Elon Musk. But just we were talking about gender. I, mean, I wonder um, if we just continue with this gender thing because that's that's where I wanted to go anyway.
2: Oh yeah.
0: In, in, unless, unless,
2: unless
0: yeah, yeah, it's a good segue. Uh, unless you have something else you wanted to say about Elon Musk. I honestly, I kind of feel like we it's like the thick of war right now, the fog of war. I don't really know. What to think about what's going just with Elon Musk? I don't know how to think about it because there's all these different reports happening, and there are these things happening, and it's
1: well. What I, I think is, I I I I have a lived experience um, with coders <laughs> and high tech people, and they are an interesting bunch. They're like, I mean, look at Sam Bankman Fried, for example. <laughs> There's this slob with a Jufro, this belly hanging out. And it's like these venture capital guys walk in with $3,000 suits and $200 haircuts. And they're like, I want to work with this guy. He's a real deal. And it's like, really? So, I mean, so you get these coders and they're like, oh, this is the way we do things around here. They think they know everything. They're so smug. They're so arrogant. It's Mm -hmm. just code, man. You know, get over yourself. And and then if you know um, if you follow this story al- along, we learned a lot about um, computer programs and uh, um, what's the word? Uh, well, oh, sorry about Rosie. Shush, shush, shush.
0: That's
1: shush, that's
0: Liz's dog in the background for watching. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: <gasps> said you call the dog up. So. Okay.
0: Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. So you're talking about it's, Sam Bankman Fried and about coders. Okay. And, right. Yes. Okay.
1: And so he, Elon comes in and he fires all these people. Right. 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 He just goes. Mm. Um. So, do you remember that uh, Boeing jet that kept falling out of the sky? Yeah. Um. So there was some. Uh, kind of multiple disasters that went on all at once but if a if um if you're on a a project and it starts to drag down and you're missing deadlines and the code's not working there's a rule in this world that the more people you add onto the project Mm. the more it drags down yeah yeah. And the thing about code is there's, it, it's, it's not hard for him to lasso a few of them who write beautiful, clean code and who agree with him on principle on concepts like free speech, um, not having algorithms that exclude people with views contrary to, the, to this little world inside Silicon Valley where everybody thinks exactly the same. And it's like, no, that's not what we're about. And we don't want that. If you want that, go to Mastodon. So Interesting. It's, it's, so so, it's, so you're, well, making yeah, a, to... you're making
0: a case that Elon Musk, just to be clear, you're talking about Elon Musk and not Sam Bankman-Fried, right? That he is a, a person who believes in free speech. He's also an outsider from the, 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 the rest of them in Silicon Valley are very it's 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 a very her, not hermetic's the wrong word but it's the co- the coast of california in the san francisco bay area where people right they've got a certain culture that goes back a long way and they've got you know that that, that you know where the internet was created these are incredibly smart and creative people who develop
1: a thing
0: right yeah but they are in a, um you know they're i would say that they're they're not entirely connected with other parts of their own country, right? There's a guy called Victor Davis Hanson, who talks about, he has a farm in the middle of California and he's a classics professor, you may know him. And he talks about how people in San Francisco, they often, if you ask them their their favorite restaurant in, in Shanghai, they'll be able to be like, oh yeah, this is great, or Paris or whatever. But if you ask them about Bakersfield, like something like right not far away in their own state, they won't know anything about it, right? So you've got this divide. That's part of the divide. And Musk is an outsider in many different ways. First of all, he's an immigrant, although many of them are immigrants. But he, he came from Los Angeles. He was, you know, he came literally from a different place that was in a different zone. And, he, uh, and so he came in from the outside. But, but just to follow your line of logic, he is a, uh, a brilliant person who can understand some of this code right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So maybe bringing uh, those things together, I think I'm just trying to encapsulate the case you're making for Elon Musk. Does that sound well, right? I,
1: like you say, I, I, you know, you're talking about earlier, like, a lot of smart people in that area. Absolutely. Pioneers, um, real serious geniuses, brainiacs, MIT. Um, but lately, um, there was a guy who had a Twitter thread, and it went pretty viral and it was uh it was pretty c- uh, compelling reading and so he disguised the company that he worked at a lot of people guessed microsoft and he said silicon valley's headed for a big fall and and that's basically what it's experiencing now i mean it's mm-hmm. not a pleasant place right now but he said mm-hmm. You know what what kind of a fall?
0: I mean, not a financial one, but sort of a. a Just they kind
1: of hit the wall creatively, right? What the 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 world he described was on his team in this software company. They would do these hilarious things in the morning called, or at the beginning of a meeting called, wellness checks. So the team leader had to go around and say, "How are you doing?" (laughs) And. Because there's a lot of mental health struggles and challenges. Because and they're all at home, right? Everybody's working from home because everybody's been sent home, and uh, and these people are real COVID hysterics in that part of the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, that's true.
1: So yeah. they go around the table, the virtual table, and he goes, and the response was, uh, "No, these people are not all right." All I would say, and they live alone with cats and stuff. They're LARPers, and no. they're just really struggling. They're not very happy people. And when it got to him, it'd be like, how are you doing? And he'd go, well, I'm great. I'm at home, which is great, and my wife is here, and we have a five-year-old, and I have a dog, and I have a garden, and actually I've never been happier in my life. And his teammates all seem to really kind of resent that. They were like, oh, mm-hmm. what's with this guy? And he said that because of the environment, because of everything that was going on in the world, their top-notch coders had left. So what was left was a lot of code that hadn't been updated. People weren't really working that hard. And he just said, and, and it always becomes like Ozymandias, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like one second, you are, you're not just king. You're king of kings.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and we all know what what can happen. I just have to reply to this. So topic. this is
0: yeah, it's okay. So so this is this is that's very interesting. So he's you're describing um, what sounds like it sounds like you're bringing in the COVID. Uh, the lockdowns were part of this pro- this fall this problem. People being isolated at home, and so there's mental health issues and sadness and isolation you know um, being brought into this these are many of the people who are working for these big companies like twitter and microsoft and facebook there many of them will be um, young-ish so you could say in their mid-30s but they're not settled and they don't they, uh, they don't necessarily want to get married and have children you know and that kind of thing they don't that it's not really what they're interested in doing for reasons that are not Clear to me, but um and that there's a lot of sadness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, and so well, I, that's
1: I, another thing about Elon Musk. He's Generation X. Yeah. And, ge- right. and, got five kids.
0: He's, he's very pro human, Elon yes. Musk. He, be- he he loves is. people and he doesn't believe that the planet is overpopulated. Just, just, no
1: in fact like, he worries about the opposite. He's right that about we're actually going
0: warming. into a period of decline, which is actually what was it was at 92 out of the 193 countries in the world now to have declining populations right now. so oh
1: right. everything that these woke progressives tell you, you just worry about the opposite. They're worried about global warming but way more people die of cold. yeah, okay? that's right. That's They're right. worried about they've been indoctrinated to believe that the world is overpopulated. The reality is go to Korea. Korea's facing population collapse. People aren't having children there. Go to Taiwan. Go to Japan. Like, just worry about the opposite of what a social justice warrior tells you to worry about. You know, they're always, like, going on, the right wants to destroy democracy. And it's like, but you're the one who wants to kill free speech. So.
0: Free speech is, is, is the ultimate, you know, freedom. In order to have a democracy, people have to be able to discuss things. You, you know, it's uh, yeah. All I
1: know is, as a Gen Xer, yeah. the first time, the first job I ever had, I was 14 years old. Uh, my sister was the manager of a busy restaurant in Calgary. Um, she called my mother and said, "We need a hostess. Tell Liz to get down here." <laughs> my mother called me upstairs and said, "Get down here. Put on something nice. Get down here. You're going to work." And I never worked in a restaurant. I didn't know anything. I was a dumb 14 year old. And I said, What do I do? And she said, uh,
0: Stand at the door and smile at people.
1: <laughs> no, she said, Keep your head down and keep your mouth shut.
0: Right.
1: Like, so that, hostess you know, isn't,
0: isn't the person who's uh, greeting people at the door? Isn't that what the hostess? No, is? you
1: clear glasses and you change oh. ashtrays, which will show you, tell you how yeah. old I am. <laughs> a 14 year old working in a smoky restaurant.
0: Yeah. That's
1: Generation X. I my first
0: one of my first jobs when I was 14 was working in a restaurant as a dishwasher, and uh, you know I remember I I I liked it because I got a nice free meal that was really good. The food was good in the restaurant, and I could drink all the soda I wanted, and you know just go up and. And I remember it was hard work, but I remember what I loved about it was I loved making my own money and being feeling like I kind of had my own. You know, sort of like my something for me, you know, I wanted to have, uh, you know, I didn't want I was very sort of proud and didn't want to take money from my, my father, who always was very generous with me. But, yeah, so there could be you're making a case there's possibly a generational. Um,
1: but by big- the way, though, I don't I, I would never want to be smirch an entire generation. That's right. We
0: should be. We should not because it's not fair. All generations face challenges of different kinds. So we should definitely not besmirch a whole generation. And um, okay, so as we move towards um, I want to move to towards uh, um, moving into the gender stuff. Now Liz has a couple of. Uh, uh, technical issues going on, so I'm going to outline uh, the next the next part of our of uh, uh, our discussion, which is a follow up to the gender relation discussion uh, for the uh, hold on. Okay, so there's a basically what it is was originally. A friend of mine, who's also been on this podcast uh, a number of times, a well-known local journalist, he listened to our discussion that we had uh, regarding uh, Me Too and Will Smith and Gian Gomeshi and a bunch of other things. And he had some interesting thoughts. And so I dis- I compiled a list of his thoughts, and we're going to discuss them now. So, uh, so following uh, what I'm going to do, Liz, is I'm just g- going to um, ex- outline some of my friends' observations and you can just, I wanted to hear your thoughts on them. Okay. So the, we'll start with uh, Will Smith. Um, did he, my friend claims, and I think he may be right about this, that we did not mention that he was, that Will Smith was triggered by, um, extramarital affairs of his um, his wife Jada Pinkett Smith, right? I don't oh. know if we didn't cover that because I, I because that seems if we did miss it that seems like a pretty important piece of that particular puzzle, right? Will just to be clear, we're talking about Will Smith at uh, assaulting um, um, Chris, Chris Rock Punk at the at the Grammys, I and mean, we had a long discussion about that. I, I still think it's very relevant what happened there, but. If we did miss it, did you have any observations about that? From what I understand, Jada Pinkett Smith, they're in an, uh, quote, unquote, open marriage. So she openly has a lot of different affairs with other men, including one of them is a friend of their child's. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was a minor or it was a very young. No, kid. I don't,
1: think, I don't no, think it was a minor. It wasn't a but minor, but still. Him, man. What's that? She might have known him when he was a minor. Yeah,
0: probably. Kind of like the Woody Allen thing. It's not that he didn't get together with her, when, you know, but he knew her when she was 6. It's kind of weird, but anyway, so that and and so, you know, so she, and from what I've heard about that, Will Smith himself did does not really go around and exercise his right to live in an open marriage as much as Jada Pinkett Smith does. That's that's what I've heard. And people have speculated that that led to A lot of resentment, repressed resentment on Will Smith's part that he feels, you know, he's he's trying to be this hip, cool, woke guy. You know, I'm I'm open and everything. And my wife's out screwing these other guys and I can go and screw other women. And we're all kind of hip and cool. But there's a part of him that's just kind of burning with rage underneath there about that. At the idea that that's going on. Right. and, And I don't know. Do you think that was part of it? Do you? You have well, any thoughts on that?
1: Well, um, I, I don't have a lot of insights into open marriages. I mean, but I would venture to guess that all of them are the same, and that one half of the couple is always a titch more enthusiastic than the other. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a feeling I get.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> and um, that. I think the reason why we didn't bring it up was that, OK, somehow he'd been feeling generally emasculated by Jada's outsized sexuality and a suggestion that he wasn't able to satisfy it. So she had to bring other guys into the marriage, right. blah, blah, blah. I guess they really do things differently in Hollywood as norm normals are going, oh, well, <laughs> but I think that we never approached that because even if that were true. Um based on a kind of half-assed joke at the Oscars to stand up and walk over and smack the guy. It's like, I don't know, I don't care what problems you have going on in your life.
0: You don't attack some poor innocent third party. That's the other thing, is like Chris Rock is like he's nothing to do. Like it's not like she had an affair with him, right? It's just this guy up there. And he wasn't telling a joke about that either, too, right? Like he, he didn't Right. Like he was, he was, how how attractive his wife was. So you could sort of shoehorn it in that maybe, you know, I I don't know.
1: Or find some, I think it's, it's suggestive of a lot though. So maybe it was kind of egregious that we left it out. It's like, okay, well your wife wants to have an open relationship. Maybe you're not that into it. What are you still doing there? Your kids are mostly grown up now. I think what are you still doing there? What are you hanging around for? You don't want to be in an open marriage. I mean, you're a tall, handsome, rich.
0: It's not like he couldn't find another woman for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, I guess.
1: No. So I don't yeah. think that really lets I, him off the hook in any way.
0: I, I, I don't think my friend meant that it would let him off the hook, but I, I at all. And in fact, um, I, I think I think what is meant by it is that it's an important piece of that puzzle, because I, th- I think it is relevant. I think like I, it, people I think you're absolutely right, first of all, to, to say that in open open marriages, there's almost always one party that's going to be more enthusiastic about it. It's interesting when it's the woman. Right. Because in that case, it's the woman you would imagine, just given how sexuality works, that men would be more enthusiastic about having other affairs than women. But I think very often it might not be. I I I remember once I was driving Uber and I picked up this woman and uh, she was from out of town from somewhere I don't know like Toronto or Alberta or Vancouver or something and she started telling me how she was in an open marriage and all this stuff and, and everything and how she talked about how they got married and they were wearing like these S&M outfits and all this kind of stuff and I was like okay Like, well, that's kind of, and she was on her way to a, you know, a a trip party. Yeah. Like, well, something, you know, from downtown to the plateau, she'd hooked up with someone on Tinder and and she's like, yeah, my husband's back in the hotel. He knows I'm going there and all this stuff. And then I I was kind of like, just like, okay. And then we sort of, and then somehow I remember she was saying, well, because she's, are you married? You know, what about you and everything? I was like, yeah, I'm married. I'm not really, you know, I'm just, I just have a normal life, you know, it's it's just us too, you know, real dull, you know, but, and, and she sort of, at one point, I seem to remember her saying, oh, well, you should, you should do this. It's much better. And all this kind of stuff. And I remember thinking like, why are you like, I I, I don't know if I have an opinion on her lifestyle, but I I wouldn't personally, I don't think that's a way that's going to make, make a lot of people happy. But if it makes her happy, that's fine. I'm not going to tell her that she should be, you know, it was interesting how she was saying to me, oh, you should do this. You'll be a lot happier or whatever. Like, you know, what does she care if I'm happy or not? (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, right. If I'm in this boring, you know, monogamous uh, relationship, you know,
1: Did you catch that viral Reddit?
0: uh, No, no.
1: So, uh, this was a real interesting one. So this woman took to Reddit to say, um, please help Reddit. I'm in despair. So she goes on to describe the boyfriend. Um, they have great sex, apparently. He's, uh, he earns his way. He's got a job. She's attracted to him. He's got good friends and good family. Um, by, by sort of every uh, measure, this is a, she's got herself a catch. This is a good guy on her hands. But then, you know, she started thinking about how she's young and how these people that she's read about are experimenting with open relationships. And she just thought it'd be a good idea to broach it with him and um so (laughs) maybe
0: i wonder about that assumption (laughs) because just broaching the subject might actually cause trouble but anyway that's a that's a parenthesis. go ahead
1: so she goes on to describe how she broached the subject with him and he first of all asked her once are you kidding (laughs) no asked her twice are you kidding (laughs) no okay and then he got up and quietly packed a bag and left. walked out the door. Wow. Blocked her on her phone and all social media. Um, wouldn't have any further communication with her. Um, sent a friend over to collect his stuff. Wow. And she wow. said, Help me, Reddit. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I'm in constant despair. I just wish I could see him and he could put his arms around me and tell me everything's okay and I can tell him how sorry I am. And The, on Reddit, which, I mean, I don't really, uh, Reddit's a very, Reddit's sort of not my bag because the kind of people that are on there, but Reddit was merciless. They That was the fuck around and find out graph. And they were like, well, good luck to you, sweetie. Like there was not one, not one sympathetic comment. I mean, one or two people said, oh, sorry, good luck. Uh, I, I kind of
0: feel sorry for her myself. I mean, because I understand, I understand that she she obviously made a mistake, and she's not going to get that guy back, right? I mean, no, that because clearly he was not into that. He was in. It sounds like he was into just a straight up normal relationship and all that stuff. She sounds, from the way you're describing her, as a person who. Um, is not that doesn't understand the concept of a monogamous relationship, right? A monogamous <laughs> relationship is it's not, I mean, the whole point of it is that you you don't you, you can because you know, look, we can always get somebody better, right? I mean any, any married person, we, I could also do a lot worse right you know like it it, both statements are true if you if you commit to one person you are foregoing other possible relationships possibly better ones possibly worse ones and so on and so forth but that's not why you do it right yeah it's not a transaction a marriage is not like i'm gonna sign this contract you know i mean it is technically a legal contract but it's not it's 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 a it's something where you say okay I'm going to dive in with this person for, you know, and that's why it's supposed to be till you die. Right? You're supposed to really, <laughs> right.
1: And then if you're a believer for eternity.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, 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 it's interesting. It's very, it's, it's funny how, I mean, I was explaining this to my students the other day about how, like if you, you know, cause they're a lot, they're young. Right. So they're sort yeah. of, and, and they seem sort of fascinated to hear this idea that, If you commit to someone and you stay with them, then maybe after 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to be a different person and you're going to develop into, you're going to be, you and that person are going to become something together that wouldn't necessarily have existed if you had just continued to play the field. Right. And it's interesting how that's not articulated in our society that's considered to be not anymore not anymore right it's it's you know and is it is it a is it an outmoded value like maybe we should be more individualistic and just be searching all the time for satisfaction ourselves oh yeah
1: sure you should try what she tried she yeah. won the darwin award yeah. of relationships <laughs> i mean that's what it yeah, was yeah. and the response was the same it was it was like the guy who floated up with a lawn chair and all the balloons on top just because he wanted to prove that the earth was flat and then he dies up there or whatever. And everyone's like, <laughs> My reaction was, Well, is the earth flat or not? It would have been nice to find out. Yeah, yeah. But she she won she won the Darwin Awards. Like she was so stupid to just trot that idea out. But like you say, it, it's not I, I had some sympathy because she's living in an environment where People are telling you, well, it's do what you feel day on The Simpsons, right? And it's like, well, sure, go ahead and try it. Um, but, I mean, I can tell you, you're not going to find a lot of happiness down that road. Yeah. And, um, yeah. we, you know, we've, we've seen this in action. I've seen it in action. I remember back when I lived in Vancouver 20 years ago, there was a couple that I knew. And he was a very good-looking guy very charming guy quite liked him he's very chilled out used to smoke a lot of weed she was a go-getter and she was a real you know she had she had an agenda she she liked her job she wanted to get married she wanted to have kids and she realized that she's got a biological clock right and she she uh, she laid it on the line and she said okay so i need to know where where where's this going can we do this are we going to do this and he hemmed and hawed and then at the end of the day he couldn't do it.
0: And Just of course, admit. yeah.
1: She went on to marry a guy and have some kids. What and happened to him? I, well, I would see him hanging around the bars by yeah. himself, lurking at the bar, looking for another girl. I mean, I haven't seen him in a long time, maybe.
0: Maybe yeah. he found one.
1: Who knows? But he went through some serious misery.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, this is how feminists. <coughs> raised kids in the 70s and 80s my generation really got snagged in that um there were the t-shirts my my parents weren't exactly like this but there's a t-shirt that said a man um a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle yeah um <laughs> women that 40 years old in fertility clinics with bought sperm um you know it's like hey t- try it see if it works i think you're going to find that you're lonely and miserable and there, there are, just like Jordan Peterson says, sacrifices in life. And in a way, it's almost like some kind of cosmic joke because God, God or nature creates man to be uh, loyal and faithful, but also makes him very desirous of multiple women. So, and then um, you find that, but, but, but at, to your earlier point, women don't have the same sex drive and yet you see these women that are leading the way in this regard and yes I've seen that too and I'm not quite sure what's happening there maybe there is some kind of biological drive about finding some superior sperm for their procreation I've heard about have you heard about competing sperm
0: no well I've heard that sperm compete with each other I don't know if that must be the same thing then
1: women that have uh failed to conceive and then they have an affair and they conceive like that Mm. there's some kind of biological process i don't know man i know people are going to listen to this and go oh you got that prude on again (laughs) i'm just well uh...
0: yeah i mean it's like I, i just for full disclosure too because this is a very personal issue for me because i really live my life much of my life in that sort of like well you know i can do that you know I, I don't need to commit to someone I was very kind of individualistic I lived in other countries and I you know and uh and then late you know uh, I got married relatively late I was 40 uh right. when I got married and um my my wife was a few years younger she was six, six or seven years younger uh, and then anyway, it, it, it took it took some time. Uh, and so, we, you know, she actually has fertility issues. Just this is for full disclosure. So I've done a lot of thinking about if I had gotten married when I was younger and if I like, you know, if my life well, how my life because it's it, it, there is a regret that I carry that I, I was so immature. And so it's entirely my doing. Like, I just want to make that very clear. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, oh, poor me, you know, like I chose to be a very willing person and I still am a very open. I, I don't regret it at all because I had all these amazing experiences, you know, uh, in my twenties and thirties and especially traveling and so on. But, but when I look back, I see to myself, there's a few relationships I had where there's at least one where the girl really wanted to, I could see she really wanted, I, I had a girlfriend once who, um, she was from Africa and we were dating and stuff. And she, and she was a very nice person. We had, we got along really well. And, and, uh, and, and she, I, you know, it, you know, her, her family, they were very, I met her family and so on. And then, and then I was, as I, I was this very sort of insecure. I thought, oh, okay. I'm just, so I stopped calling her. This is like a typical guy thing, you know, like just don't break up just, you know? <laughs> so I did that. And, and it was so sad. She continued to call and call. And then after about a year, I call, I just said, oh, OK, I'll call her back. And and she actually was happy to hear from me. I was very surprised. I thought she was going to tell me to, you know, um, and I looked back and I looked at her and I thought, wow, she would have been a really good. She had a very relaxed disposition that, you know, that would have been a good parent for children and stuff. And I, I kind of and I always felt guilty for treating her that way, too, you know. But but um, just to say that um, that's that's a real the idea of being monogamous is is uh, it's sort of a hard case to make and an easy case to make at the same time. and. It clearly it just to get back to Will Smith, it's not really working that well for Will Smith. <laughs> no, <poor guy. laughs> yeah, like I do but feel sorry. About
1: really. your your situation, Jason. Yeah. 40 is not actually for a man, it's not actually that old. And yeah. not one of us can say we've been impeccable toward people that we've been romantically involved with Uh, certainly not me and also Mm. we don't get we're not born with a guidebook and our generation especially we are the divorce generation uh divorce became no fault in our lifetimes like so many of my friends very few and i was the same as you like my parents were kind of bohemians i remember um i ran into this woman that i'd gone to high school with And I ran into her after her first year of university, and she told me she just got, she just returned back from Western. I said, What are you studying there? She said, I'm getting my MRS degree. And I was like, You're what?
2: MRS. She goes,
1: MRS, my missus. Like she'd gone there to meet a husband.
2: Oh, okay. And that
1: to me, it was like she was saying that she'd gone to Papua New Guinea to study (laughs) cannibalism. It was just like, What? Like, uh, this wasn't my bag. We weren't raised with hope chests. we were raised in a time where it was like individualism and feelings, um, exploring, finding your way. Um, there was, whereas others that I knew in my neighborhood or at my school or at my university, they were like trained from a young age. Well, when you get married and start Mm -hmm. having kids, I can give you my China set. That wasn't. (laughs) And the way it worked for me was I just expected, well, I don't think I'll ever get married and settle down totally naive to think yeah. because there was a lot of suitors around and you cannot believe how that drops off a cliff
0: i it with is, women yeah yeah whoa
1: it is shocking shocking you think they're going to be you think they're going to be hovering around forever doesn't yeah. work that way
0: it's As it's it's, boys, it's very interesting how women just I, i'm glad you mentioned that cuz i I think women have this is my personal view. I think women have a harder time of it in life, generally speaking. I think the biology is harder on women. It, it, it oh, comes God, to yes. you earlier. And, and think about just a monthly period. Just think about like 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 I don't have to deal with that for 30 years of my life. Right, I mean that strikes me as a very difficult thing to do for a few days every month. You know, it's painful and all that. You know, that's and then you have this thing of a young woman is extremely attractive. Many men are are trying to get her, and that that sort of starts at about you know sort of early teens, let's say up in in you know through the twenties, and then all of a sudden it just collapses. It just yeah. goes down so quickly. And I, when I, what age is it? Sort of mid thirties that men stop is that what is that about Yeah I,
1: I believe uh I'm not a biologist but I believe that it really does coincide with your decline in fertility
0: Yeah that's interesting Yeah But
1: I mean like for me personally it was that I met somebody and he he was he was raised he's also a product of divorce but more or less very happy family and um it was just sort of like, oh no, no, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. There was no hesitation and I kind of thought, oh well, he seems to know what he's doing. I guess I'll just go along uh, in a very sort of haphazard way.
0: Is that your current husband? This is your yes. okay, okay, just that's nice. okay so so t- he kind of talked you into it or is that well, he
1: just kind of yeah. said very confidently, no, no, we're gonna do this. <laughs> He's the kind of guy who tends to get what he wants in life, which is great, but what's interesting is um nowadays in the world we live in now, gen Xers and baby boomers they could really get away with that stuff. Mm-hmm. a university degree I mean, what was your tuition for one semester? Yeah. I think mine was five hundred bucks, yeah, plus books.
0: <laughs> I went to Concordia, I remember it was it was in the hundreds, yeah uh which is a, is a lot more now, right?
1: My rent was I don't know two hundred bucks a month.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we You're bought a Montreal house. you
0: were in Montreal at that time, right so. uh,
1: i did I did spend a semester or even a year in Montreal when I studied oh. uh, French at Asep, oh, okay. but I went to University of Calgary. So you know our rents were cheap, life was affordable. uh Scott and I bought our first house with what was our down payment. It was 25% of $320,000. That that wouldn't even buy you a rabbit hutch in Scarborough. So shit has gotten real. And my son, who's 17, I mean, the family is a unit of such extraordinary efficiency, especially when compared to the government, which is a bloated, hulking behemoth. an mc escher painting a rube goldberg (laughs) machine and that government gets more what is it 10 percent of the workforce i think i think in ontario government workers like 20 to 25 percent of the workforce just like subsidiaries and ancillaries but making your money from the government it's like
0: i do i mean my my income as a a seizure professor is indirectly through government. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not proud of that necessarily, but it's just a matter of reality. Our, our education. Well,
1: you're a system. teacher. I mean, yeah.
0: but I'm just saying,
1: yeah. shit got real now. Um, when you have, uh, if a shit, when a shetju meets the woman of his dreams, he's, uh, suddenly you have two people that can contribute to the purchase of a house. Mm-hmm. Purchase of a house is your main path to financial I wouldn't say security but some kind of financial base at least to say you have something and like my sister had a baby at 18 my sister had a baby in the 70s 80s 90s and zeros wow, wow. and so you know she you was the 18 same, with
0: the same person or with different no with different no men,
1: yeah 18 it was a was a mistake and a shotgun wedding and a divorce a year later wow then she met the Then cut to 1983, she met another guy, they got together, they had a baby, they split up, she had two kids, single mother, and then she met her current husband sometime in the late 90s, she was pregnant at age 40 by 1999, and then 2000 they had another one, so... She has five um, children. No, so she has... Four children of her own. He has two children from a previous marriage. So between them, they have six kids, and between them, they have like I've lost count—eight or nine grandchildren. And she's (laughs) sixty years old. So, but when she had that baby at eighteen, she had four siblings for free babysitting. She had four living grandparents. Her body was was like
0: supporting. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know she lost her baby weight in a week. You know, you can. So um, the, the family unit, considering sort of what we're facing, what are we facing? Nobody's really quite sure, but we know that every single country in the West is facing trillions of dollars of debt. Costs for everything are spiraling out of control. Inflation, in uni-
0: Inflation is a real problem right now. Yeah, and, and spots and universities
1: yeah. are getting more and more competitive. Um, it's it, more and more government regulations making it harder and harder to make a living as like a small business um you know you can keep working for the government but the government uh lives on taxpayer money uh, unless they're printing money and we know what's happened as a result of what has it been 20 years of printing money of quantitative easing and cheap money and
0: some some people say we, we never recovered from the from the 2008 financial collapse basically the Government, the 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 Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve basically just printed money out of that, pushed it further into the future. That's some some people say this. Macroeconomics I find very very hard to understand. You know, like how, uh, you know how these sort of monetary things work. It's very very hard for me to understand. But it's possible that we're reaching the end of the possibility of doing that because inflation is finally starting to really happen now. Um, it seems to have followed the COVID thing. I think that was the basically the trigger. You know the the COVID thing. Everybody went home and they well, printed up zillions of dollars and yeah. vomited on the population, right? You know, and then and then you know all this stuff, and then and then now we have what is it eight nine percent in Canada right now for inflation? It's very very high, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and that's a, that's kind of a fake number. I mean, we well, that's know, aggregated,
0: that's- right? So so some things have gone up a hundred percent, other things have gone up two percent, and you know all that kind of stuff, right? It's uh, you know.
1: Well, I tend to see things in in. I don't know anything about macroeconomics either i just know yeah. what i see yeah. and i know the world that we grew up in and the world that our baby boomer forebears grew up in. and i know that that world doesn't exist that your best defense against it is it become a new act of family buy a piece of land some vegetables and then trade for his eggs because she can't afford eggs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and I, that caught my eye. There's just some of the states, everybody follows him for a cast from young people. My answer is forget everything, just make money yeah. later on a uh, stage! You can form a garage band, but it's the equivalent of an on the airplane before you put it on your. Kiss. This is your lifeline, and so um, you know, that's what we were talking about before, and that what I tell. And I don't know if he's listening. He's in a milieu. People aren't really sharing those ideas even Central Toronto. Meaning, it's very progressive. It's that he hangs around at school, and them the same things. Uh, can there, Can I just ask you are, are you? are you
0: talking about your son? Are you talking about your son here when, when you mention this?
1: Oh, problem. Yeah. Jason we're ha- we're having an audio problem.
0: Yeah, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you but you're really muffled and I weigh.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Uh so we got some uh, some technical issues. Uh hold on. So just to be clear, I I want to clarify that I think it's hard and easy for every generation. I wouldn't say that I would say it's harder for the generation, the upcoming generation right now, Gen Z or whatever it is, um, for many of the reasons you've described, but there are other things that they've had that are easier. They have, you know, just the technology they have access to is so much better than what we have things, you know, there's dropping costs. I never believe these things that, you know, that say, you know, the cost of living has spiraled at, you know, the cost of things have gone up because when you compare it to 20 or 30 years ago for everything. And the reason for that is there are so many things around now that we could only have dreamed about. Right. True. just you know and and that people have access to you know I like to joke to my students sometimes that like, you know what do you what do you do when you want to listen to music and they Oh, you know pop open your phone and pull it up and I have to explain it was like when I was your age I had to literally move my body to a store and pay money for this thing and then bring it home and listen to it and then it would be you know uh, as Phil Spector s- said you know famously, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, two hits and ten pieces of junk, right? Like <laughs> right? You know, I get, you know, duped into buying an album by April Wine or whatever. then you know, the other ten songs are crack, you know. Uh, so it's just just to say, like, I, I think I I would not I I just it's also there's a sort of a a bias a hindsight bias. You know, we we look back at the past with rose tinted glasses, almost literally. You know, in the sense that we remember the positive things and some of the negative things we don't remember so much. Right. So, um, by the way, I'm not disputing anything you're saying things were in some senses easier for those things for the, you know, for buying property and for going to university and all that kind of stuff. But did you have any final well, I guess The
1: question is, are we better off? And I mean, yeah. So I like two things jump into my mind. Um, one of the, one of the subjects that came up recently was that Apple is very, very heavily invested in China. China' has been very good to Apple and
0: you and, mean for their manufacturing in particular, right they're, yeah, they're, it's very yeah close relationship. Um, the sales of products I don't know so much as a market if that is such is if that is as true as well,
1: well you know. oh, yeah, that's another question, but yeah.
0: Certainly but for the what, manufacturer of their goods, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. Right. But
1: what was happening was um, Apple was... How did this work again? There were... they The Chinese were so frustrated by these absolutely crippling lockdowns. And so they started to protest. And Apple was somehow collaborating with the cp the communist party of china to shut down protest related communications and that led me to comment uh somewhere on social media that that the apple iphone was everything that is great and everything that is tragic about capitalism
0: yeah that's interesting that's that's a very very interesting observation but go ahead
1: But and then somebody commented, an older guy, like a baby boomer, and he said, what's great about it? And I said, well, it's a beautiful product. (laughs) I'm talking to you on an iPad, and it is a beautifully designed product. I'm sorry. It just is. And I'm sorry about the conditions in which it was manufactured, but damn it, it's beautiful. And it always was. Uh, S- S- uh, jobs stole the idea of the WYSIWYG and the interactive from ugly for like if we had ugly dos it was just horrifying and everything the pcs were disgusting then jobs went into xerox park and he saw WYSIWYG and he saw this beautiful interface and he stole the whole concept but he turned it into something so beautiful and yes it's disgusting what has happened to us and that guy was like not worth it still we'd still be better off without them and 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 i think you know if i had to pick a side i'd say that guy was right mm. we would be better off without them would we do you really think yeah that? absolutely yeah. i mean think about it okay when i'm tra- I, I i'm 18 years old and i'm traveling around france i don't speak a word of french no i do i'm learning some french my french is getting better but um i'm supposed to meet somebody And I have the addresses and I have to find the coordinates and then I'm a little bit lost and then I need to use a phone. So I have to go into a tobacco. and I have a large bill and I, and I, I I don't want to spend my, I don't have any money and I don't want to buy, I want change. So I need to buy a small pack of gum and I need to remember a phone number and I need to, I need to solve that problem on my wits. Mm -hmm. And I, and that means that you've got to speak to another human being. You have to speak to him in his language. Um, Those are painful moments that force growth. But now you've got a thing that tells you exactly where you are all the time, where you can easily communicate, where you can get your hands on money when you need it in two seconds flat. No struggle, no, um, no, no problem solving you know, so yeah, I I, I, I love I admit, the convenience. Don't get me wrong. I love maps, I love there. You know, there are text. always
0: going to be things that people are going to have to do with each other, right? There's there's no way that the, these iPhones are going to replace all of the experiential nature of life where people experience things together, right? <laughs> like, well, like it, it's sort of like if, if you can imagine you know like it, which if you were to ask even an 18 year old which would you rather do you know uh, uh, go see your favorite rapper live at the bell center or watch it streamed you know into onto a huge 50 inch tv with subwoofers and you're, and you're at home so you can like vape and you can drink and, you know and all that i think most people even young people would say they'd rather go there and be there Right, they'd rather uh, be there. I, I think. Do. Well, look, they sell. Look at uh, strome or whatever. These these young, a lot of young people out seeing shows and stuff. I, you know, it's people are still going to shows. Is that no longer a thing? Is that
1: <laughs> they go to the show and they can't really get a good glimpse and. But well, that's like every them. rock
0: show ever. You go in there; it's always like you know the guy in front of you standing up or something, and then you know you're kind of uncomfortable, and then you're waiting a long time for the show to start. But you're glad you did it, right? I mean, I uh, think, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think especially if, uh, after you know two years of lockdowns, I think uh, yeah, there's always going to be people that that buy the concert tickets. I do, but look at movie theaters well they're, I think not they're, too ex-
0: they're very expensive now from what i've heard right they charge and that's maybe some of the reason why they're nobody's going to movies you go out to see a movie it's like 23 dollars for each ticket and then you go buy the popcorn that's like 18 bucks for you know, <laughs> no. you, know right? <laughs> you know what i mean it's like what <laughs> they go to the cinema it cost me 100 bucks to go with my family you know like, try going
1: to a raptors game
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, it's not, it's not that I don't, I, I do understand what you're saying. I think there's, there's a lot of issues with people not using their own minds, basically. But I also, there's always going to be, there's always going to be some way for people to, you know, to, to find their way in the world. And, and young people, I guess, well, if we're going to transmit something to them, it's that they have to find what that's going to be right? They have to find what's what they can do to bring to the world, which is really hard for every generation, every young person coming into the world. You know, when I think back to myself, when I was younger, I didn't know what the hell was going on most of the time. I was going around, well, you know, when I was in my, as a teenager and, you know, I was lost half the time. Like, I mean, not lost in the sense that you're talking about, uh, you know, where am I going to get to, you know, but just I was confused most of the time and I thought I was doing something wrong most of the time because I probably was like, I didn't understand how to act in the world. Right. And the whole <laughs> process of, of life is, and not that I understand how to do it now necessarily, but I have a better idea of how to do it now than I did then. But of course I'm older. So I don't have the same energy that I had when I was 20. So you, there's a trade-off there, right? There's a trade-off. Yeah. I know I reach
1: these landmarks age and I go, Oh, I can't believe how stupid I used to be, but I'm really smart now.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, so it's all good. And then ten years later, you're like,
0: "What the hell? How, us- how stupid was I ten years ago?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, the final thing that we can close on. There's two things quickly here. There was an observation just to get to Gian Gomeshi. Um, my my friend mentioned that. Uh, because we had a long discussion about Gomeshi, I remember before, that? He, yeah. yeah, it was very interesting. Um, my friend mentioned that some of the women had given consent before what happened to them. Now, I don't know. If, first of all, I don't know if that's true. It could be true. It reminds me a little bit of the R. Kelly thing. You remember R. Kelly? Yeah, this rapper. He had these sex slaves, and apparently, they had signed consent forms. They had uh, to become his slaves. Which raises the whole question of if you sign a consent form to be a slave, are you really a slave? It's not clear that right. The whole point of a slave is that you don't you don't you don't choose to be, and you're enslaved against your will, right? But I just wanted to ask you: first of all, do you know anything about that? Second of all, would it make a difference if those women had signed, like, or is it still reprehensible? I, I don't know if, if you know. Anything. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point. Uh, R Kelly is the extreme of all the problems we've been describing all this time he's when you've taken it to the complete uh, extreme so
0: how so he
1: just proves my point about everything. can, can you elaborate
0: what you mean like how does he well, he's yeah.
1: guy I mean the guy's a monster but he's taken that do what you feel day. like <laughs> right, right he did what he felt so yes I know I know exactly what your friends referring to um, they did they they chased after him. They chased after him, Gomeshi. I'm talking about. They wanted to be his girlfriend. Then uh, the assaults that they later reported. These assaults were followed up by these girls continuing to uh, pursue him, and that was very that's very puzzling to people. Um, and it seems puzzling on its face, but inside of it, I think it it winds up making a lot of sense. So there were the two people that he faced in court, the the court case where the judge decided and in gomeshi's favor because it was all hearsay but some of the most damning evidence was raised by hanin gomeshi's lawyer was um one of the women um she followed up this sexual assault with a bikini pic he still had it sky was a was a real saver and then the other one the actress he dated lucy she um after the claim to be assaulted she followed up with like a think it was like a 10 page handwritten letter wow. that was very romantic wow, and that was very damning and everyone's like oh come on and that ga- and that fed the fire of a lot of people who are saying oh this is a this is a hatchet job and they're just going after him because he has money and they want to bring down someone who's mm. great and no this is th- this territory has been well covered mm. and this is an attempt by a victim to normalize and Kind of process it emotionally to maybe say, well, you know, I did have a hand in this, or maybe um, I wasn't assaulted. If the relationship is ongoing, mm. I mean, it's definitely. So it's not a kind bashful. of denial.
0: You're saying it's it, uh, to write a letter, yes. a ten page romantic letter after you've been attacked physically by a person is a kind of way that that person is denying the reality of that they really are a victim is that what you mean yes and trying to it's a
1: coping mechanism by no means by no means does this mean that she wasn't assaulted yeah like not even close women get raped and go out with the guy again it happens all the time i was
0: just going to say it's like you know i have to think about how many women who are regularly beaten by their by their husbands and boyfriends
1: that, yeah and there's you know, men that, 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 get, you know that still that
0: still he's a, he's a good person underneath that he doesn't mean it He just ended up making all these excuses for the guy and
1: but oh I mean, and and, and importantly what your friend might have been referring to some of these women when he maybe proposed the idea of a little BDSM, they said, okay, sure, I'll give it a try. Right. And uh, I th- I've i always had a theory about BDSM. You know, they call it, um, uh, what is that, what does that ridiculous acronym even stand for? It stands for the S and the M or sadomasochism. sadomasochism. I honestly believe that... The masoch- there's always some part of the masochist that's
0: unwilling.
1: Because who the hell likes that? Nobody likes that. Well, Nobody I does, don't know.
0: But... I, you know. People have very odd sexual proclivities. Uh, you know, That's a good question. Apparently, our sexual, um, you know, let's say what we like sexually is decided upon when at a very short period of time in our, in, around puberty into our early teens, but there's, it, 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 you know, and so what, what can happen in some cases I've heard is just to re- respond to your question. Some people, if they're somehow experiencing pain and orgasm at the same time, those two th- apparently can be crossed in the brain and they can actually experience a form of pleasure from the pain right it's because it sounds weird well, I, to you and me i don't want i
1: think to that's a lot of men
0: possibly that's true well yeah that's a great question raises that right that's a good question i i, I don't, I don't know
1: that. it's yeah. not my world yeah. but i think that you know and again it's sort of like okay this reminds me of who's that guy okay his name's going to come to me in a second or i have to google it he's got a netflix comedy special He's a South Asian guy and he had a date with a Didn't woman. did we
0: talk extensively about him?
1: Yes. I'm sorry?
0: And sorry? And
1: sorry. He's a perfect example of like... Um,
0: I, I think we spent a lot of time talking and you, you made some really interesting comments about how he just, he kind of was this sort of feminist kind of like a, sort of a Gomeshi type and how he, but he just wanted to throw him on the bed, drill him and call him an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) He actually didn't, he didn't really care about the whole feelings of feminism. He said, use a
1: fake name. Okay, but it's like these are women that are growing up for whatever reason, who don't have these things clearly defined in their mind. It goes back to the woman on Reddit. Who thought? Well, it's a lot of people having open relationships. I think I'll propose this to my very morally upright boyfriend and just see what happens. Seems like a good idea. Oh, I met this guy. He's super hot. He's Persian and he's super famous. But he he wants to smack me around. Something <laughs> weird. <to laughs> and it's like you need somebody in your life to say, "Yes, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry yeah. if I'm offending anybody." getting smacked around is weird and there's nothing good about it. A guy shouldn't be smacking you around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. It's a fact though.
0: It it does sound very prudish, but on the other hand, I I, I can't necessarily disagree with you. Like I I don't really like, again, this is my personal view. I don't really understand the appeal of that. But again, I mean, you know, you really have to be careful with judgment about sexual proclivities because you know, what if what you I mean, you could what if you were to boil it down to, you know, if some let's say some guy or some woman or whatever. They they like a guy who's tall or they you know, some guy likes Asian women or something or, you know, small breasts or big breasts. or You, you know what I mean? It's like you could say, well, why? What, what's the difference? You know, uh, well, what do you care if uh, you know what I mean? And you could say, well, who cares if the boobs are big or the boobs are small or, you know. And, but for some reason, people like those things or they don't like them, right? That we can't really understand. So where does does that end? Because apparently just to, you know, obviously there's a point where it's not acceptable because apparently pedophilia is a real, people, I think, you know, psychologists understand, have learned that it is a, a form of sexuality in the sense that some people are going to be attracted to underage people, even children. Right. Yeah. Now, these are people who are just going to have to live their lives in, um, you know, sort of suffering. Denial. Certain, well, denial or suffering. Knowing, no, I, mean, ever...
1: I mean, self-abnegation. They're going to have to deny themselves. Exactly. They're, they're, right. They're going
0: to have to deny that to themselves if they want to be a moral person. Right. Yeah. So you. So it could be that maybe the, the 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 limit for what you're saying is maybe people who like to beat up women while they're having sex with them, maybe they should. Also not they should be like pedophiles, right? That's the case that you're making, right? Like maybe, maybe that form of sexuality is just not a good form of sexuality that should, you know, should exist in some senses. Because obviously we're not going to allow people just because someone wants to have sex with a six-year-old does not mean that that, that should be, oh well, that's gonna satisfy that person, and maybe they can, you know, uh, talk a six-year-old into it somehow, right? You know.
1: Um, uh, all i can say to people who were born that way is like look i'm sorry i mean yeah, yeah. but for the most part yeah. i can't pay attention yeah. to everything i keep my head in the sand yeah. and <laughs> it's very sad but i, I mean i just want to a- answer to your friend to say well wait these women agreed mm-hmm. to participate in light bdsm or heavy or whatever it was and my thing is we are living in an environment where women aren't being properly raised to uh, to be of sound mind to say no there's no mm-hmm. part of that that i want to understand this is only going to lead to misery humanity keeps trying it they keep trying open marriages and <laughs> and it and a derelict media keeps pushing for it there's part of the media that keeps pushing for that for the acceptance of minor attracted persons there's media that's been trying to pull that off. That's how Jimmy Savile operated in plain sight for so long.
0: Yeah, and it's the, like, it's the mission creep yeah. of the
1: perverts.
0: The British. And yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. because This is sort of opening up something that I'd like to propose to you uh, for a future discussion. Now, Cause I'd like to have, a, would like to have a talk with you sometime about the whole trans thing. I know we've talked, it's uh, because I think starting it now would be a little bit futile given how, how long we've been going, but Um, that's actually something just as a teaser uh, that's actually something that there's a woman in the UK called Helen Joyce who's been studying the trans thing I don't know if you're familiar with her she says that there have been this this thing about the pedophiles they've been piggybacking on to the gay rights thing and now with the trans rights thing since the 70s she found evidence that in the 70s there were people who were campaigning to get the age of consent lowered to yeah. 4 not 14 yeah. 4 and and that they were they were sort of on the side of the whole gay rights and you know um, gay marriage and all that stuff and there were people in the gay rights movement who knew about this and knew how abhorrent it was but did not speak out against it because they thought it might make their side which is understandable, right? You don't, you know, yeah. you want to, you want to get to the gay marriage. You want to try and move the ball in that direction. But um, just before we go, is there anything you'd like to comment about that? Cause that's going to be our next discussion. Any, any teasers for our listeners? Any...
1: Well, okay. For like, I don't want to sound cold toward it or anything, but the way I, I'm a person who just notices things and so we all know about this Gramscian influence on the culture that started in uh, the early part of the twentieth century. Twentieth century, yes. And we've yes, seen early nineteen
0: twenties. Gram- yeah, Antonio Gramsci was was an Italian um, philosopher who published yes. a lot of Marxist uh, type stuff. Yeah. yeah, and
1: we're still seeing the ripples of his influence because all of his followers went and. Uh, embedded themselves in universities very influential universities and we've seen it spread like wildfire and and we've seen it spread like wildfire through institutions and through the media and so forth and this sort of concerted effort of the uh, post-modernists to make the normal seem weird and the weird, weird seem, seem normal
0: that's interesting and yeah. You know,
1: and these these are the things that, that I notice, and and then it comes, it it becomes, it becomes fetish creep. So it's like you've got your <laughs> yeah. fetish, that's great. It's a free world, keep it behind closed doors. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like you've got a shop teacher in Etobicoke, and he's got two ginormous milk cans <laughs> underneath a sh- wafer thin t shirt, and he's teaching kids. This is fetish <laughs> creep. Balenciaga, that is yeah. fetish creep. Because there's a passage in the Bible, Luke said, "What well, would be kept behind closed doors, be shouted from the rooftops." As the Chinese like to say, "Beware your thoughts to become your actions," and so forth. So, um, you know, whatever it is you're thinking in private, suddenly it's it, it comes spilling, it comes spilling out. Balenciaga, I mean, fashion is punking us all the time, and us normals are kind of scratching our head and going, "Oh, look at that!" It's like you know about the this fashion trend that appeared in the '80s and it keeps, it keeps reemerging like um, like well, uh, Dracula from the grave, and it's called is- Warcore, nor- Warcore or dystopian fashion. You see a lot of like r- black ragged. Balenciaga had its fashion show with these <laughs> cadaverous. It was in a mud pit, and it was these cadaverous models with greasy hair and dead zombie expressions and wow. black leather and buckles and so forth. And it's like, okay, I get it. That's your thing. You're dark. That's fine. But then what happens? They have this sort of gift edit that appears on Instagram a few weeks ago and it's got children and it's got teddy bears in bondage gear. Wow. And then they're parading teddy bears with black eyes on the runway. And then uh, this was the big giveaway. There was a, supreme court ruling and it had to do with child pornography and could it somehow could could removing child pornography be perceived as a violation of the first amendment blah 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 can't remember the name of this particular decision but it was printed out and appeared inside the image with children and teddy bears and purse and 4500 hundred dollar wallets and it was like (laughs) hey that's mission creep. You yeah. like BDSM. You like a little dystopia. You like things dark and dreary and you want to reference climate change and Armageddon. And that's all great. Okay, so now the children have come in. So the reaction was furious backlash. Balenciaga's apologized. They pulled every last image from, you know. Th- Amazing. This is, this yeah, is fetish this is- creep. And it's like, um, you just want to say. Back off, man. Back off my kids.
0: We've come full circle because you mentioned, um, we mentioned Elon Musk's kids. And then earlier on, we were saying how, you know, kids should not be involved in that. And the one thing I would say, it sounds like your your entire, um, you know, your speech here is basically like the song, you know, the the Beatles song, you've got to hide your love away. Hide <laughs> your love is a Rolling Stones song, you know. So, listen. Um, it's been a, been a real pleasure. It's been a very, um, how shall I describe this, um, wandering conversation in different ways. We had some technical issues, but I'm glad we got this one done. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to the trans issue and and the all that stuff because I think that's a huge thing that you and I. Oh yeah. We originally wanted to. We originally we were going to discuss. Uh, that Matt Walsh film. Uh,
1: yeah, World we World. will. And the obliteration yeah. of gender
0: right. is right.
1: definitely a, a Gramscian reverberation, plain yeah. and simple.
0: So folks, get ready for that one. We're going to be going into Marx and Gramsci and James Lindsay. That's the popcorn. And, right, yeah, and child porn and all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. So listen, thanks, Liz. Thank
1: you, Jason. Look forward to listening to it.